Would you bow your heads in prayer? Lord, we come again to tell a story. Let your word dwell richly in our midst this morning. That you might grow in our faith and in our knowledge of you. In your name we pray. Amen. You know, there's nothing quite as excited as a child who wants to show you something. Dad, look! I can swim! Mom, look at the, the picture I drew. Grandpa, Pop Pop, this is the card I made for you. I remember a number of years ago, some 30 years ago, first time Linda and I took our second son, well, and Ben, but the first time for John to go into the mountains of Colorado. He's about two years old. Every five seconds, he'd see something out the window of the car. Mom, look at that! Dad, look at that! The whole trip. I thought of that as I thought about this word that we've been looking at. We looked on Wednesday nights and, and then on Christmas Day and last Sunday. The word behold. We've been looking at the times when that word gets used in the Christmas story. And, and, and there is a lot of it. And it basically, I've shared with you, means stop. Pay attention. Look at that. God is saying to us, look at what remarkable thing God has done. Well, we've got one more time. It's in today's gospel reading from Matthew chapter 2. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest of the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother. And they fell down and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold. Frankincense and myrrh. What's the remarkable thing that God wants us to behold? The star? Yes. That these Gentile astrologers traveled so many miles to find the one who had been born? Yes. The rich gifts that they brought with them. Yes. But most of all, what God wants us to behold is the one. Is Jesus. He wants us to stop. Look. Pay attention. Marvel at what happens when these men meet and worship Jesus. Because, folks, the same thing 
happens when you and I meet and worship Jesus. So we're going to spend some time looking at verse 11. And the order in which things take place in verse 11 has much to teach us about worship. First of all, it says, And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother. Notice that it didn't begin with them giving him their gifts. God gives his gifts, his gift, to them first. They see Jesus. Too often we we wrongly think that worship is first about us giving something to God. Our praise or our adoration or our offering. That that's what worship is, and, and that's not really true. It's only half the story, and it's not even the most important half of the story. Worship is first and foremost God serving us, giving to you and me. Worship begins with God so loving the world that he gave his one and only son. Worship begins with Jesus emptying himself, making himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant and being made in the likeness of men. Worship begins with Jesus not coming to be served, but to serve. And to give his life as a ransom for many. It's because of what Jesus did. That God has exalted him, has made him the object of worship in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Why don't you think about what I just shared with the, the kids in the children's message? Wasn't that the, you know, Magi had all this gold and frankincense and they didn't know what to do with it and they were looking around for a place to, to give it away? It was that God's word had drawn their attention to a star in the heavens. It was that in Bethlehem, God had used his word, or in Jerusalem, God had used his word to point them to Bethlehem. God's gift started the whole process. And that's still the case, the beginning, the end of everything we do here on Sundays and through the week is God's gift of Jesus. Worship begins with the child born of Mary in Bethlehem. Because of ourselves, we have nothing to offer him. That's the truth. Unless he first gives to us. See, in our services, there's a reason we start with the invocation. It's because that reminds us of the moment when, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, God gave us himself and adopted us into his family. And then we go right on to confession, 
And what does God do? He gives us the gift that Christ purchased on the cross. He gives us forgiveness. And then he gives us his word and his promises in the scripture readings, in the sermon. And then in the creed, he recite, we recite all the wonderful, great, remarkable things God has done. And then at the climax of the service, he gives again his body and blood in the bread and wine for the forgiveness of our sins. At its heart, worship is about God giving Jesus to you and me. Now, I want you to notice what happens next. The Bible says, they fell down and worshipped him. Literally, the Bible says, they fell down as beggars. Before Jesus. They had all these rich gifts and they fall down as beggars before Jesus because really they have nothing in their hearts or nothing in their hands worthy of Him to give. They fall down because they've realized this is the one. They've believed. See, that's the second gift that God gives in worship. Faith. And that's the worship that honors Him. See, Luther once said that the unbeliever sins eating breakfast because he eats breakfast apart from faith in God. Think about that. Nothing in, that we can offer Him has any worth apart from faith in God. Worship is acknowledging that we are totally unworthy and He is worthy. Worship is singing, nothing in my hands I bring, simply to thy cross I cling. There's only one reason that anything we give to God is acceptable to Him, and that's what He did for us. That He gave His Son. That Jesus died for our sins and rose again. That's the only reason that you and I have a reservation in a Father's house in heaven, and that's the only reason that we have anything here. See, the faith, the, the, the worship that honors God, the worship He desires above all else, is that you trust Him. That you and I have faith in Him. The Bible says it, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Now notice that it's only at this point that opening their treasures, they offered him gifts of gold and of frankincense and myrrh. I've shared this with you before. You know, when I was a little kid and back in the dark ages when we passed the plates around, that was two years ago. <laughs> I always wanted to put something in the plate. But I didn't have any money. Mom and Dad always gave me something. Give me the plate, like, like some of you do when you, when even now you give your kids something, go and take and put over in the offering plate to teach them. Well, my friends, only having been given faith in Jesus do we have any gifts to offer Him? Only then 
through the prayers we offer, the songs we sing, the witness we give to others, the service we give to those around us, the offering we place in the plate, only then are those acceptable to God in Christ Jesus. You know, when I was a kid, especially, my, my dad was my hero. He worked hard for our family. He, he, an air conditioning contractor in the Chicago area, worked a lot of times, 70, 80 hours a week. And so when dad would invite me to build something with him, or to go with him to work, I've shared this before, that was like the best gift in the world. Now, I think, as I look back on it, that sometimes I was more in the way than I was help. I know my dad probably could have accomplished more if he hadn't asked for my help. He could have done it all himself, and practically speaking, he did even with my help. But he knew what joy it gave for me to go with him, to see what he did, and to be a part of his work. Folks, when the servanthood team or Beth come around and they're asking you, giving you an opportunity to, to help, that's a gift from God. When the offering plate is back there in the back or we talk about the offering to the servants, that's not a tax. That's God sharing with you and me the joy of being a part of his work. I see it happening. I, I love going in on Tuesday morning to the, to the quilters. They're having so much fun in there, sewing those quilts that go around the world. That's a gift that God is giving to them to be a part of his work. He doesn't need our money. He doesn't need our participation. But he loves the joy it gives us to be able to say thank you. To be able to respond to his generosity with our own. To give as we have been given. To love as we have been loved. To serve as we have been served. You know, I look back on it and I miss that ride to the mountains. Every time I think about it, I can hear John's two-year-old voice, Dad, look at that! Mom, look at that! The joy of, of seeing the mountains for the very first time. Well, God, every Sunday, gives us the joy. He comes and he says, Behold, look at this that I have done for you. And then... And then he gives us the opportunity in our creed and in our prayers and out there in our witness and service to say it to others. Look at that. Look at what God has done for us. Amen. And now may the peace of God which pass understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life that is everlasting. Amen.